God. Good morning, church. That's right. We're coming out strong, coming out strong in this new year. Good morning, church. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. For those that do not know me, I'm Reverend Alex Lorio. I'm the resident church planner here at First Presbyterian Church, and it is a delight to worship with you this morning on this Lord's Day as we start this new year. Join me in prayer. Holy Spirit, open our hearts and our minds to your word, that we might clearly understand it, that we might gratefully receive it, and that we might faithfully apply it to our lives. Father, as my words are true to your words, may they be taken to heart. But if my words should stray from your word, may they be quickly forgotten. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. Friends, this morning we're going to uh, continue as we have been going through Advent and the message of Jesus coming to this world. We're actually going to be in Luke chapter 2. You'll see it printed there in your bulletins. Uh, but brothers, sisters in faith, man, let's celebrate. It is 2023, and where has the time gone? It is as if 2022 went by in a flash. And as we look back in this year, there may have been many of us that have rejoiced that this year had just passed. Uh, a year, some of us might be celebrating because it might be a year of new life, a year of new careers, loving moments with family and friends that will last a lifetime, and a gratitude uh, that the challenges that you may have once faced are now seemingly becoming less and less of a challenge. There are some of us here this morning, though, that could not wait, could not wait to get out of 2022. You may have experienced heartbreak, heartache, Maybe as you went into this holiday season, maybe Thanksgiving and Christmas was different because there was a loved one that was no longer there. Maybe you had some personal battles that absolutely wrecked you and brought you to the point to which you were crying out for a savior to redeem, to restore, to reconcile. Some just couldn't wait to just get that fresh start. These are the emotions that a new year brings. One season of time is now being brought to a close and another season is about to begin. And we take joy in knowing that when we look to scripture and we read the accounts and testimonies and the encouragement of, the, of these stories, as we all press forward ahead in this life, we can run to scripture. If you are around me, Often when I pray, you probably sometimes hear me say, though I may not know what the future holds, I know exactly who holds the future. Church, I want to encourage you from the jump. We're going to start now. From the very beginning, church, I want to encourage you that the sovereign God walks before you and with you. Right? We had just celebrated in this past Christmas and Advent season that a Savior came to us to respond to the brokenness that was in this life, to bring salvation to the world. 
He came as a child born in a manger until he lived a sinless life and died a sinner's death crucified. Later again to to rise again in glory. And as he promised us, he would come again. He would come again. He shows us that he does not leave us alone. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit to be with us, to dwell within us, that leads us, that guides us, that convicts us as we are all on our journey, reminding us that you are not alone. And as we all are called to advance his kingdom, we know that we do not go forward in a spirit of fear, but rather in a spirit of courage, knowing that courage is not the absence of fear, It's not the absence of fear, but it is the will to press forward in spite of that fear, knowing that there is something far more important. Hear me declare to you, church, that again, you are not alone. And as we go into Scripture this Lord's Day, we see that a season of time has changed in the life of Jesus. The Gospel of Luke gives us an account of young Jesus going to the temple, uh, and it is a beautiful testimony of obedience that would shape and propel Jesus into his ministry and to his calling on his life. As we submit ourselves to God's Word, we too, just at the end of this text, will grow in wisdom, stature, and favor in the Lord. Please join me as we read God's word. This is the word of the Lord. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year in the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended... And as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be with the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, they found him in a temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed and all uh, at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you with great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the sayings that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. Amen. Church, as we enter to this text in Luke, uh, he had just communicated the impact previously before this text about this child, Jesus. And so I have to lay a little bit of of background work here so that we can fully see what Luke is trying to do here. 
You see, earlier he mentioned in the gospel what it meant to many that a Savior had been born and how so many recognized and affirmed that this Jesus that was born in a manger was the true Messiah. Messiah. One being, uh, one of those men that had saw and witnessed this was the death of this righteous man, Simeon. One of our pastors preached on this this past month who, um, who recognized and affirmed the Spirit revealed to him that he would not see death before he has seen the Lord Christ. As well, there was another individual, the prophetess Anna, and her declaration to the people that the Messiah of the Lord had come with the birth of this child. Luke wraps up this previous section before, of what we just read, right before what we just read, an uh, affirmation after that when he says in his text, and when they had performed everything according to the law, they had returned to Galilee to their own town, Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, uh, filled with wisdom and favor of God was upon him. That was right before this text that we just read this morning. That, that faithfully these parents took him back home and raised him, right? There's a lot that goes into raising a child. This is why there are sayings like, it takes a village to raise a child. And we, and we want to continue to communicate the importance of community. The text today said, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year on the Feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. Thus, if they had gone to Jerusalem each year, it would be said um, in that text later, but suppose him to be in that group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. This is something that wasn't uncommon. For 12 years, this family traveled to Jerusalem around this time. They were just being devoted to what they believed in and the faith to which they believed in. They did not go alone. We can imply that in these past years, they have taken this journey, and it was common for the community itself to travel together. This is not unlike a tribe or community in the Old Testament traveling in groups. And it is safe to say that there were members in this caravan, if you will, that were close to this young family. They were close to this young family. This trip, uh, this trip in particular in this text, is one of importance and begs the question why Luke would mention this when the other Gospels don't mention this. You see, this trip was significant because it would be the final year, the final year Jesus would have this trip before his bar mitzvah. Up until that point, the parents were responsible of raising him and to teach him the commandments of the law. And at the end of the 12th year, that child would go through a ceremony by which he would formally take on the yoke of the law and become a bar mitzvah, son of the commandment. This is a significant moment in the life of many young men of Israel. Now, why is that important to us this morning, you may be asking? Why is that important? Well, we are in a text where there's a clear moment of change in the life of Jesus. 
Something has changed. One season is about to close. Another season is about to start. And this would be the last trip that Jesus would take before he would take on this title of son of the commandment that most Jewish boys would take. Yet, before the year of the coming of age, we see Jesus already, already understanding and being in tune and desiring to walk with God in obedience with his father. He desires to convene with people and others that are, the, that, uh, that are of the Lord and want to further his calling, want to further this message, want to further the faith. Yes, we can see here as we look at this story and talk about how Mary and Joseph and the caravan had forgotten about a young boy, Jesus. And we can ask who's responsible, right? But we would miss the big picture. Absolutely missed the big picture. Luke desires to invite us into the account of a young Jesus that was yearning to dwell with the Lord. Yearning to dwell to learn more about his father as he continues to speak with these elders. Now before we get too far ahead, I think we should ask ourselves, have we desired to surround ourselves with people in the wisdom of God? Are we positioning ourselves to, with those that desire to see us grow in spirit and in truth? Each year, many people commit themselves to New Year's resolutions, to, be, to better themselves, to set goals, and to attain, uh, to attain uh, favor. And, to, and in reading this text, I'm compelled to ask myself, have I made this point to desire God or have all my own goals and commitments set to my own selfish ambitions? Luke, in, this, in setting the scenery for this text, is letting us know that it is, fun to, it is a fundamental right to passage for young boys to take this responsibility of faith and to invite the Lord into their own growing. Luke is also inviting you to take responsibility. And though you might not be taking the actual rite of passage, we start now. We start today. And thanks be to God, we can do that in community. Church, my prayer is that we should let us welcome the Holy Spirit in the invitation of surrounding ourselves in Christ-centered community. And have you invited others? I'm compelled to want to learn and be spurred by others to invite others to grow alongside me. For I desire to continue to be a student. And matter of fact, the truth is this, we all are still students. Luke here is talking about Jesus in his youth. But can we venture to also, not just as we look to ourselves, but can we also care for our youth as well? Have we invited youth of our church and the community into the fellowship of the body? One could sit there and say, get defensive and say, well, that's what youth group is for. But I urge you to understand and know that the social media that is out there, TikTok and every other online resource and other social influences are trying to captivate the eyes of your youth, of your youth and are not asking for your permission to teach, instruct, and instill values that are of this world. Fathers and mothers, aunts and uncles, adults that have been called to mentor and encourage, do you have eyes to see the youth in your midst? to take responsibility to love and instruct. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, it's not just youth. 
It might be somebody sitting right next to you in the pew, another young adult. Know this, church, that around you there are people that are reaching up, asking to grow in wisdom and stature of the Lord. And your experiences that God has brought you through can become a blessing as you reach down and say, I want to walk with you. I want to celebrate life with you. I desire to grow with you. I desire to grow with you. There is a responsibility that, community, that a community must take. And as we see in this text, that there has been a community that Jesus was a part of and that followed faithfully to be obedient to raise their kiddos and walk together in community. What's interesting is that we don't know if everybody in this caravan knew that this was the child prophesied to be the Savior. I would venture to say that most of them didn't, for not even the rabbis even recognized him as Savior. They only recognized the zeal and the knowledge of Scripture. Zeal in asking the questions that spurred faithful conversations. Knowledge in his understanding and his answers. Church, I lovingly ask that can we continue to spur ourselves to have healthy, open, invitational conversations as we enter into this new year. Knowing that we have hands open and there are people that desire to love you and that you yourself can be an instrument to love others. Church, as we enter into this new year, I ask you to join me. Walk alongside me. Walk alongside each other that we would spur one another in community. Just as Luke here in this text completely communicates that Jesus was in community as he continued to saw and grow in the Lord. My friends, my brothers, my sisters in faith, let us walk together side by side, side by side, and never forget that if you always do what you've always done, you will always be what you've always been. I'm going to say that again. If you always do what you've always done, you will always be what you've always been. Invite the Lord into that. It's time for something different. Let the Lord grow inside you and spur you to change. And that change is rooted and inspired and empowered by obedience. Astonished in obedience. This is Another thing that Luke is communicating in this text. What I love about this is that as Luke is communicating the foundation of how Jesus actually got to the position he was in here in this text, he then communicates why he was in this position that Jesus was in. And what is that ask, the answer of why? Obedience. Scripture says that when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said, son, why have you troubled us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you with great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? Luke, Luke makes this point to say that his parents were astonished from what they saw. The word in the Greek here is ekpleso. And it's only used three times in Luke. The first time it's used is here in this account. The second time he uses it, he uses it to communicate as Jesus taught on the Sabbath and spoke with authority, setting people free. And the final time he will use it again, that just in that last one as he spoke with authority and it perplexed and it astonished, the final time he would use it was when he would be rebuking an evil spirit 
that had possessed a young boy, and the people that were in the crowd were astonished. With these references, we can gather that this is not a faith value wonder, but truly glorious wonder that made those in attendance or in this presence know that something truly different had happened. It is a magnificent in glory because it's something that this world could never possibly offer. They were astonished. How is it that a 12-year-old boy was not found playing in the field or weeping that his parents had left him? Right? Because I can tell you right now, when I was 12 years old, I wasn't trying to sit with no teachers. I'm going to tell you that right now. Your boy was not looking for a teacher to sit with. Matter of fact, once before, don't tell my parents I said this. They're probably actually watching. They actually left me at a Walmart because I was playing video games and stuff like that. And they told me, you better not leave our side or we're going to leave you. And I'm like, you ain't going to leave me. And what happened? I went off, did my thing, was doing my stuff, running around. And then I felt like I was lost. And I was like, I started crying in, in the Walmart. I was like, and man, I just, I was tripping, okay? I was just, I was tripping, okay? I don't know about y'all. When you're left, I don't know, maybe I'm, when I'm left behind, I'm scared. I was a little scared, okay? Maybe y'all are different. As a 12-year-old Alex, I was scared to be left at a Walmart. I was scared to be left alone, especially with people that I didn't know. What's interesting is this. That Jesus, he wasn't found weeping. Rather, he was sitting among the elders and the teachers. Not just in simple conversation of, hey, what's your favorite color? All right? Why is your beard so long? Yeah? No, he was in deep theological conversation engaging in the word of God and among others that desired to do the same. Another thing that Luke does not add now in this text is what happened within those three days. But we're compelled to sometimes scratch our head and, and ask a question. Dr. Sinclair Ferguson added this as I was doing this research. He asked these three questions. Where did Jesus stay? Where did Jesus go? Who took him in? And when I was pondering those questions, where did Jesus stay? As he came uh, know, know this, that he as a, as a boy came into this world lying in a manger. Where would he have stayed? Knowing that he would have had gratitude to know that he would be cared for by anybody that was there. Where did Jesus go? Knowing that he wasn't with his family. Yet later on down the road, knowing that he might not be with his family or in relation, he would later say down the road in his, in his ministry, who is my mother and who is my brother? And stretching out his hands, he told his disciples, here is my mother and here is my brothers. Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Who was the one that took him in? I'm not sure. But later he would continue to tell his people, what you do for the least of these, you do unto me. These are questions that pertain to the care of a young Jesus. Then there are other questions surrounding the actual area. I wonder who else was there. Was there a young gamma meal in the circle or in the audience engaging with this young 12-year-old boy, not even knowing 
that this child that he was talking to would be the man that would change the world and even convert his very own student down the road and rename and repurpose him from Saul to Paul. Was there a young Nicodemus in the crowd that had absolutely no idea that this young boy that he was sitting with before him would be the one that he would later meet at the cover of night. And that as he met him and as he grew and as he followed him, he would ultimately bring aloe and myrrh to put on the body of a crucified Savior and place him, help place him in a tomb. A wonder who was in attendance. This is what's astonishing, that it all came about because of what? A desire to dwell in the word and walk in obedience to the calling that was set before him. As we process this astonishment, there are those that in this present time that we must press into this character. There are sometimes those that we have to ask this question of pressing into the character of young Jesus to be obedient to the father and to be in his father's house. Other translations actually say about the father's business. The Westminster Catechism of Faith, chapter 8, states this, that by his perfect obedience and sacrifices offered up to God once and for all through the eternal spirit, the Lord Jesus had completely satisfied the justice of, of his Father and purchased not only to reconciliation, but also an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heavens for everyone whom the Father has given to him. As mentioned before, Luke is blessing us with an account of this young Jesus, demonstrating that though he's not on, that he is not only, because he is, he's not only fully human, he is also fully God. He's there sitting at the feet of others, uh, others that are wise, other people that are seeking God to learn from them, but to also display this desire to walk in obedience and to abide in the purposes of God because he is fully God, one substance with the Father. Mary exclaims, why have you treated us so? Behold, your Father and I have been searching for you with great distress. And as Mary asks this to affect of his parents on this world, Jesus gently rebukes in his, the frustration and mentions yet but one Father, his heavenly Father, communicating, you think me missing and you think me lost. But I have been with my father and about my father and in my father's house this entire time. We must take time here to see that our Lord really came into this world. He really wrestled in this life. And yet even in his struggle, he remained obedient. And being about the father's business and the mission of his purpose, we would see this obedience lived out even unto death, even death on a cross. And when we say that, that he would, he would be obedient even to death and death on the cross, when we say that it is in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ that we are reconciled, redeemed, and restored, we are called children of God, this account speaks of the wrestling of the life of Jesus that he had experienced. And even the encounters of moments of making decisions to be in alignment with God. Even he had to experience the transition of time with 
the ending of chapters and new beginnings. Thus, we are able to look to Scripture and ask, Lord, if I'm in this season, what are you teaching me? What are you revealing to me as I read your word? And how can you propel us all to move forward in our lives? We can sometimes even lack understanding. There will be those that will lack understanding. But take heart. God sees you, church. Take heart. God hears you, church. And even now, God is still at work. Even as I asked, uh, even earlier I asked, have we surrounded ourselves in healthy community that cultivates spiritual growth? And now I ask, as you look at your life, is it marked by obedience? A willingness to trust the Lord with your life. As we enter this new year, my prayer is that you would walk in obedience knowing that it is in joyful submission to the Lord that we gain peace that surpasses all understanding and a favor that only comes from the Lord, which brings us to our last point, favor. And this is where the text ends. It says, and he went down with them and they came to Nazareth and he submitted himself to them and his, his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. For a few weeks now, our pastors in recent sermons have highlighted the pondering of Mary and her treasuring up all these things, which are the accounts in her heart. Earlier last month, um, and I say again last month because, again, it's January today, praise God. Uh, our pastors have been trying to drive home the implications that this is the child that has arrived, the one that was prophesied and promised to a people that were in desperate need of a Savior. And Mary, upon hearing these celebrations and proclamations, Mary pondered and treasured. She's asking, what does this mean for this child what does this mean for this community that I love? And what does this mean for this world? And knowing that an angel had revealed himself to her. And what did he say to her? Right? For unto us a child is born. A savior has arrived. She treasured all these accounts. Pastor Bob mentioned that this pondering is a deep meditation and a deep thought to take some time to take a step back. Pastor Mitchell gave an alliteration of the word pondering. Right? That as we ponder, we should pause to pray. Lord, open my heart. I'm here and I desire to communion with you. Oh, in opening our hearts to receive that which God has taught us that we may grow. In the end, to notice the substance of God's character. D, to make decisions to dwell in the spirit of the truth that is revealed. E, to expect the spirit that leads and gives life. And R, to rejoice and give thanks in celebration. These were the lessons that were just recently taught. And what is Mary doing in this text? This very thing. She is doing this very thing. All those things, she is doing that. Then this is what we as the church are called to do. And it is said that when he went with his people and returned home and was submissive to Joseph and Mary, again, fully man, submitting to his parents, fully God, knowing his calling. And it says that Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. This is the same language that Luke uses earlier as she was pondering. Church, these moments in this text and these moments now are a gift. These moments of faithfulness of a young Jesus to be valued and to treasure up for a Savior has not experienced the full struggle yet of life, yet he still chose obedience. 
He still chose obedience. Because if he didn't go through all the trial, if he did not go through all the tribulation, if he did not have the struggle, he would not be worthy of being our Savior. Yet he came to live a life that, you, that, that we all struggle in this life. And he conquered it. That's why he encourages us. That's why he empowers us. He conquered this world. No temptation, no trial, no heartache was spared from Jesus. But rather, he fully embraced He was fully embraced at all. Our King Jesus, even in his youth, he fully embraced it all. The section closes in saying that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. We see this phrase once directed in direct parallel to Samuel. You see, Hannah had a miraculous birth by God upon being blessed with a child, and she eloquently recites a prayer. Mary had a miraculous birth, and being blessed with a child also gave him a prayer that mirrored Hannah. Again, and remember what that angel said, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good news of joy for all people. For unto us on this day in the city of David a Savior is born. Just as Samuel was used for the purposes of God, so too Jesus would grow in wisdom, which is attained through experience and insight, stature, that he not only physically would grow, but his reputation would precede him. And he would have favor with the Lord. Proverbs 3 echoes this statement, and how fitting for such a time as this. And I pray this over y'all, as we see in Proverbs. Proverbs 3. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments. For the length of days of the years of life and peace, they will be added to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Interesting that our Savior would follow this to a letter. Because at the end of that text, it says, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It would be healing to your flesh and refreshing to your bones. That's what it says in Proverbs 3. Don't you find it interesting? that our Savior would, uh, would follow that letter to a T. And he knew what was prophesied for him in Isaiah 52. It says, Surely he would bear our griefs, carry our sorrows, and we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities, and upon him chastisement brought us peace, and by his wounds we are healed. Jesus is why healing is for our flesh. Jesus is why there will be refreshment for our bones. Beloved, today as we close, this chapter of our life in 2022 has passed. And it's already been written. 2022 is behind you now. There's nothing you can do to change it. But what we can do is learn from our experiences. Church, let me urge you to remain in the Lord and to trust in his promises, to look at the potential of this new year and to step into it with boldness, knowing that that what is a better, what better place to be as you start off this new year than in the house of the Lord. As we look at young Jesus and he was discovered in the temple dwelling with the Lord, so too are we invited to take a seat in the house of the Lord. Have you been in need of restoration because of the brokenness in your life? 
Come to the house of the Lord. Have you been in need of reconciliation because of actions that may have occurred? Come to the house of the Lord. Has your spirit been crushed by the pressures of this life? And are you crying out in need for healing? Come to the house of the Lord. Have you been mad and upset that things did not go your way and you are in need of a peace and trusting God that his ways are better than your own ways? Come to the house of the Lord. Have you been in fear of what is ahead and unsure of the season to come and then it, that fear paralyzes you? Come to the house of the Lord. Has the enemy lied to you, church, about your identity in Jesus, telling you that you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, you're not worthy enough, that you are defined by your failure and that you will never be set free from your sin swiftly and firmly? Rebuke that lying, deceptive, no-good serpent that has already lost because Jesus rose from the grave and come to the house of the Lord. It is in the house of the Lord that there is victory. In Jesus' name that there is peace that surpasses all understanding, a grace that is sufficient for all of our shortcomings and our insecurities. There is a mercy that is new each day and that sets us free from our bondage there and, and brings light into dark places. There's an alive, thriving hope that sets people free. And it is alive knowing that there are promises yet to be done, proclaiming that our Savior will come again. And when he comes again, he will come again in glory. Come to the house of the Lord. Can somebody in this church shout amen? amen. Come to the house of the Lord where there is reconciliation, redemption, and renewal. Let us follow after young Jesus and sit and dwell in our Father's house. Let us all grow with wisdom in dwelling in God's word. Let us grow in stature in dwelling in community with brothers and sisters in faith. Let us grow in favor with God and walk in obedience to his word, not only living in obedience, but also sharing this message of salvation to others. Day one of 2023, we asked the Lord, have you called me to share this message? Who have you called me? To whom you have called me to share this message with, my King? And how have you called me to walk in obedience to your calling on my life? Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for allowing us to be here in the house of the Lord. We thank you for this account in the gospel of Luke of young Jesus, knowing that he is our savior and sets us free. Lord, we thank you for this gift of being able to dwell in community and to be spurred by one another. We ask that we would take this moment, Father God, take this word and that we would dwell with you. Lord, help us each day, each day to grow in you. And Lord, help us to, Lord, we pray that we would not walk out of this place the same way we first walked in. And as we enter into this new year, Lord, give us a spirit of boldness and courage to go forward, knowing that the King of kings and the Lord of lords walks before us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for all you have done in our life because it's shaped and molded us. We thank you for what you're doing now as you continue to sanctify us and, and use us 
And Lord, we wait with eager expectation for all that you will do. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we pray. And all God's children said, amen.